0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. This morning, we get to be a part of what God is doing all over the kingdom of God. And this morning, as you have experienced worship, and my wife spoke of this, man, you are, that is just a drop of heaven. Can I tell you, the presence of God was heavy in this place this morning, and I felt it, but can I tell you that that is just, that is just a drop of what heaven's going to be like, and it's going to be an amazing time. And, and, and this morning, I just want to share with you just, just a few thoughts today that I believe that, that we serve a compassion-driven God. We serve a compassion driven God. Now, now I understand that the church, it, it's not all about meeting the needs of the poor and suffering. I understand that. I understand the church is about evangelism and discipleship. The church is about water baptism. The church is about, uh, about raising up the next generation. I get all those things and the spiritual gifts and, and, and being used in those things. But can I tell you that our next great revival also includes compassion. I believe that God wants to pour out on the churches of this this world that that are involved in the compassion ministries that he is involved in. That they see the world through the way that he sees it. In Acts chapter 2, when we we talk about the very beginnings of the church, in Acts chapter 2, verse Verse 42. This is the model of the birthing of the early church, and it says they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And that so that's what we're doing every Sunday when we come. We're devoting ourselves to those things, right? We're worshiping. We're we're learning scriptures. We're we're praying with one another. The Bible says that everyone was filled with all and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and it says that all believers were together and had everything in common. That that oftentimes. That's, that's where we stop but there's another scripture that's added on to the motto of the early church and this is scripture to, uh, in verse 45 it says this it says that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need don't get nervous. I'm not asking you to go sell your home or your boat or your car. I'm not asking you to go do that. But what I'm simply saying this morning and pulling out and saying that I believe that the kingdom of God in the early church was not about having more. It was about giving more. It was not about having more and having bigger buildings and bigger homes and bigger. It was about giving more and expanding the kingdom of God in the early church, and and we know this through church history, 1906, and and the great revival, the great revival of Azusa Street where God poured out his spirit and breathed on us, and where the assemblies of God was birthed in 1906, there stood a man that we know by the name of William Seymour, a man from whom God gave influence and leadership when the revival broke out, and he said this, and I quote, I can tell you when someone is full of the spirit and the power of God, when they love their neighbor. I can tell you when someone is full of the spirit and the power of God, not when they sing great worship songs, which you guys do every Sunday. I love being in this house. I love hearing the voices of the angels that you guys have. Amazing. But it's not, it's not in the worship songs you sing, but it's in, the way that you love your neighbor. Your, your example uh, that is lived out every day is not here in this building. It's outside in the streets. It's outside in the streets. And, and our mission at Convoy of Hope is to enable the church to be the Matthew 25 church. The Matthew 25 church, it says, one day I stood before the Lord And he said to me, he said, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And we will stand before him that day and say, Lord, when did I do all these things? And he said, as you have done it as unto the least of these, you have done it as unto me. So our job at Convoy and what we love to do, this is one of the the questions we had. We ran out of time. We could have done the whole service Q&A, but I know... But what do we want to be known for? We don't want to be known. We want the church to be known. Because Convoy is nothing without the church. We we live to to partner with the local church and, and to reach those that are in need and to love thy neighbor as thyself. So this morning I come to just disrupt your morning a little bit and talk about disruptive compassion. Have you ever had a moment that you thought was a disruption, but God said, no, it's my, it's, this is my divine intervention. It's not a disruption. It's an intervention. And, and so I'm going to turn you to the story of Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. And, and basically I've entitled this this morning, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor. And so I'm going to take just the next few minutes here this morning, just to talk about the word in Matthew 28 starts out in this, in verse 28, it says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Verse 29 says, the most important one is this, Jesus answered. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength and all your mind. The second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these two. There is no commandment greater than these two. In, in the Old Testament, we know that God gave us the 10 commandments, but do you know that there are actually over 600 commandments in the Old Testament? God narrowed it down for us to 10. He gave us 10. Follow these ten. And then we even had trouble with those ten. So God said, I'm going to make it a little bit more simple for you. He said, I'm going to give you two commandments that everything else in the kingdom of God hinge on these two commandments. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul. Everything within you. In the south, we say it like this, with all your guts. With all your guts. Love the Lord your God with everything that's within you. to to love your neighbor as yourself to love your neighbor as yourself and then the the story goes on to say that the teacher wanting to justify himself come on how many times have we said Lord did you really say that Lord is that that, you didn't really mean that right Like, how did you mean that The, the, the teacher said this but wanted to justify himself he said well who is my neighbor Then Jesus answered him and said this, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed him by on the other side. If you take notes this morning, if you got a highlighter, a pencil, you got your Bibles, you want to star that right there. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked And he passed him by on the other side. So that's another place. Highlight those. So here we have in the story, you have a priest and a Levite. Two of the most influential people in the church at that time. And here they go down this road where this man has been half beaten, left for dead, broken, wounded, and hurting. And instead of stopping and having compassion on him, they stepped to the other side and they kept walking. They stepped to the other side and kept walking. And then it says, verse 31 goes on to say, now by chance, or it goes on to say in verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And so when he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. On the next day, When he departed, he took two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever you spend more, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell among thieves? And he said to him, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. This morning, I just want to challenge you. To go and do likewise. So we look at this story here. Let me break it down real quick. I know we, got, we, we need to get out of here. Uh, but I want to give you just three key ingredients to this story. Uh, how many of you like sweet tea? Come on. Come on. I, I feel you. Mm, we in the south. Yes, we are. See, you guys think you're in the south. But I came from the real south, okay? I came from Louisiana. I came from the swamps and the bayous of Louisiana. And we like sweet tea. Back then, we didn't have Chick fil A. I was deprived growing up as a young man. I was deprived. We didn't have Chick fil A. But now, um, Chick fil A sweet tea lovers out there, come on, Jesus. But there's three key ingredients when it comes to sweet tea, right? There's water. There's obviously the tea bag, the tea. And then there's Splenda, right? <laughs> there's Sweet and Low, right? Sweet and Low count? No there's what sugar sugar in my house when my mom made sweet tea she put that pot on the boil and that little bitty pot of water would start boiling it was only about this big around you know but when it got ready just at the right temperature and the right boiling point she'd turn the eye off and let it settle she got that big old container of sugar she got that scoop wasn't half a cup not even three quarter cup, right? She got that full cup of sugar and she just dipped it in that sugar and she just start pouring it in there, started stirring that up, started stirring it up. And then she'd go back for a second, just to top it off. And we drank on that sweet tea all week long. There's nothing like a good glass of sweet tea. So we all know the key ingredient to sweet tea, right? It's sugar. Sugar, more sugar. Can I tell you the key ingredient in this story uh, of the Good Samaritan, the key ingredient to loving your neighbor is self-denial. Self-denial. Man, we can love God. We can come to church every Sunday morning. We can worship with the best of them. We can quote scripture left and right, but if you don't love your neighbor and you don't have self-denial in your life, are you really fulfilling the greatest two commandments. Are you really fulfilling the kingdom of God and, the, and, and what God has called us to be, to love our neighbors as ourselves? So this morning I'm gonna share with you just three, three points that, that encompasses that, that self, what self-denial looks like in this story. I find it interesting that God used a Samaritan in this story. I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, but I find it interesting that here at the beginning, we had the priest that should have been the one that saw had compassion, should have been the one that walked over and bound his wounds up, should have been the one that took him in and took care of him, right? But he walked on by. And I, and I see at the end of the story, the Samaritan, if you, if you know the scriptures, you know the Samaritans were looked at set as second-class citizens. The Samaritans were considered half-breeds. The Samaritans were not liked. They, they, they were at war all the time with the Jewish people. Samaritans, they were, they were the outcasts. They were the outcasts. Can I tell you that, that when I look at this story, uh, I believe that the Lord showed that through this Samaritan that authentic love must transcend all human boundaries of race, religion, nationality, economic class, and educational status. Listen, it doesn't matter where you came from or where you're going. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where, who you are. God says, I wanna use the least of these. God said, I've called these. The, the least will be the greatest, right? In the kingdom of God. Listen, don't ever think that you can't be used by God because of, the, because of your economic status or your social community. Don't ever think you can't be used by God. God wants to use you to change the world. And he used the Samaritan in this story. And he became the most famous Samaritan in the whole Bible. So what does love look like through the Samaritan's eyes? The Bible said that he had compassion, number one. He had compassion. But the Bible says, but a good Samaritan as he journeyed came, and when he saw him, he had compassion. The first ingredient to loving your neighbor is you must have compassion. You must have compassion. When we look at the word compassion and we break it down, what does compassion mean? What is the biblical definition of compassion? When we break this word down, today we understand that that come means together. Compassion, come. The first part of come means being together. And that second part, passion, biblically understanding that means suffering. So biblically, when we understand this word compassion, it means to suffer together, to suffer with. Compassion is not about feeling sorry for somebody. Compassion is not about having empathy, sympathy for somebody. Compassion is about about suffering together. It's saying, what can I do that will make a difference? And the Bible says that when he saw him, he had compassion on him. We read many times in the Bible, many stories in the Bible, when Jesus said when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he fed the multitude, the Bible says that he had compassion on them. So compassion is the first ingredient to loving your neighbor. Second ingredient is this, that compassion is followed by action action. We must take action to meet the need that's in front of us. We must take action when we see a need. How how many times have we often said, hey, I'm praying for you, brother. And you may mean that in the most sincerest way, but I'm here to confess to you my own sin today, that there's been a lot of times where I said, I'm praying for you, brother. And I left that conversation and did nothing about it. How many times have we saw a situation? How many times have we saw someone broken, hurting, and wounded? Whether it's at our job, at our school, in our neighborhood, at at the local Walmart, at the local grocery store, at your local restaurant, at your favorite gas station. How many times have we seen someone broken, lost, and hurting? And instead of stopping and having compassion and, and, and following that with action, we kept going. We say, oh, I got an appointment to get to. I don't have time today. I'm praying for you, brother. But oftentimes I want to challenge you this morning that compassion takes action. The Bible says, so he went to him. Once he had compassion on him, it wasn't just, hey, I'll pray for you. Hey, you stay right here. I'm going to go get somebody. He took action. He got off of his own donkey, his own horse. His own animal, he took action. He went over, and the Bible says that he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him. So, compassion takes action. And then, from that action, this is the third key ingredient to that story investment. Investment. The Bible says that he bound up his wounds. He put him on his own animal. He put him on his own and he suffered together with him, taking him to the local inn. And when he took him to the inn, he told the innkeeper, he said, listen, whatever he has, I'm paying for it. Whatever bills he's going to owe, I'm going to take care of it. And the Bible says on the next day, I want you to think about this for a minute. On the next day, what does that imply? on the next day, that he stayed with him, he didn't just drop him off, and leave him, and say, hey, I'll check on you next month, I'll check on you later, he stayed with him, and he made sure that he survived the night, and on the next day, when he departed, he took two dinero out, so he made an investment into the kingdom. He made an investment into the broken and lost and hurting. And he gave them to the innkeeper to take care of him, to take care of him. And this is what I love. I love this scripture. I love this part of scripture. Worship team, you can make your way. I love this part right here as we kind of bring this down. And then this investment part, he says, whatever you spend, When I come again, oh, if you got a highlighter, if you got a pencil, if you got anything, start like three times. When I come again, I will repay you everything that he has spent. When I come again. See, it wasn't wasn't an investment of just the now, it was an investment for the future. So when we're looking at at, at, at reaching the needs of the poor and suffering, when we're, we're looking at, see, convoy's done a lot of amazing things since 1994, but can I tell you, we're just getting started. We're not satisfied because there's another half a million kids that are standing outside the fence. There's another, there's a, there's another uh, 200,000 plus women that we have a goal to reach in 2030 that are broken, lost, and hurting and being sold into trafficking every day. That need us to stop and take action that need us to have an investment in their lives there's people that are lost and, and hurting all over the world when we do disaster relief oftentimes uh, people uh, they're drawn we have oftentimes they're drawn to jesus because they are seeing the church what not just the compassion of the church through convoy of hope but they're seeing the action of the church through Convoy of Hope. Last year in the hurricanes in Florida, we got out of the truck and we had a truckload of supplies and chainsaws and we were cutting trees out of, the, out of a lady's yard and she came out of the house and she asked, what are you doing here? Who are you with? And, and we started talking to her and our prayer team was with us and they, they started talking to her about Jesus, about the true hope, about the true light. And that day, This was her statement. She said, this is the first time I've ever seen the church in action. That's a powerful statement. See, we think we're in action all the time because we meet every Sunday morning. We worship and we we go to our jobs. And and sometimes we say something, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we stand up for what's right. But this was the first time that she saw the church in action. And she broke down. And our prayer team was able to pray the prayer of salvation with her. So this is, this is what happens. Hope opens up that door. So when we pass out food, we're not just passing out food, we're passing out hope. And you're right there along with us. You're a part of what God is doing. But this is the fact. This is the truth of this story. If you know this story, you've heard this story before, you know that really, ultimately, this story is about every one of us in this room. Jesus came for the lost, the broken, and the hurting. And every day of my life, I give thanks to God because I was the one that was lost. I was the one that was broken. I was the one that was hurting. And God stopped along his journey and he said, I love you. And I'm paying a price and I'm paying a debt that I did not owe. And I don't deserve and God saved me from that day God took me to the end and he bound my wounds up and he bound your wounds up and this is the exciting part this morning that Jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back and Jesus says when I return When I return, I will repay. You know what that tells me? That Jesus not only died for the sins that we committed, He also died for the sins that we will commit. Because He's coming back to pay. He's coming back for His bride. Church, it's coming soon. Sooner than we think, sooner than we know. God is on the way, the angels are preparing. And I don't know if you're here this morning and you find yourself and you're not sure. You're not sure where your relationship lies with God. You're not sure. Maybe you come in this place this morning and you're broken, you're lost, you're hurting. And you need God to come. You need Jesus to stop on the side of the road and to bind up your wounds. And you need Jesus to love on you. I want everybody in the room to stand this morning. We come to a close. We're coming to a close. If you're in this room and you don't know who Jesus Christ is that I'm talking about this morning, I want to give you opportunity to know. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you came to this place and you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, or maybe you came to this place and you're broken and you're hurting and you're wounded and you need you need the attention of your Savior this morning, can you just lift up your hands before the Lord this morning? if that's you this morning you say man I just I just I want to know this Jesus you're talking about I want to know this Jesus you're talking about I'm lost I'm broken I'm hurting Father thank you this morning Lord that you stopped and you had compassion on us Lord, you took action, Lord, all the way to the cross on behalf of our sins. And God, you made an investment in our life. You called us out to be your children, to be that shining example, to be the light in a dark place, to be the voice of hope where there's despair all around us. This is my second challenge to you this morning as I preach to love your neighbor. Are you loving your neighbor the way Christ is outlined in the Bible for us to love our neighbor? Are we loving our neighbor truly out of a life and attitude of being self-denied, self-denying ourselves, and walking according to compassion and action and investment? Are we doing that? This is my challenge to you this morning. If you fit any of those criteria, if you're, if you're hurting, you just need Jesus. If you're, you just want to feel that presence one more time, we're going to sing. And as we sing this morning, I'm going to challenge you. If you say, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to love my neighbor the way God has called me to love my neighbor. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.